Episode 12, December 2014. In this episode, Kobe Chapel talks about Jekyll and his involvement with the project, about the name and the target audience, best use cases, how to prototype with it, and advantages static site generators like Jekyll provide. What is cool about Jekyll? So, I, mean, I guess there's a few things, um, and it depends how deep you want to go, but I would say that the, the main thing that I like about Jekyll is that it's simple. Like that, that's the whole point of, of, of the tool is that it's, you know, uh, I guess a reaction to the complexity of, you know, CMS systems um, and kind of swinging back towards the, the olden days where it was just HTML, CSS and JavaScript and that's all you had to deal with to maintain a site. Um, it's obviously more than just HTML, CSS and JavaScript, but I think that uh, type of mindset of just working with the raw materials that that a browser uh, that a browser understands is is really nice, and I I really like simple tools. So that's one of the the main things I think I like about Jekyll. What can you tell us about the name? Um, I don't know that much about the name. Um, I know that Tom's original site for it was kind of the this black and white uh, split directly down the middle of the screen. I think the reason uh, Tom called it that was because of it. It's just the, the, this idea of transformation, um, and that's what the you know the character in Jekyll and Hyde goes through is this transformation. It's the same the same person, but that goes through a transformation to become this this alter ego. And I think that's kind of what um, what it is. And, and that's all Jekyll does. Is it, all it does is transform content. You know whether it's whether it's Markdown to HTML or whether it's uh, Liquid to um, you know. HTML, it's it's all it's doing is, is trans, transforming content. Uh, and how are you involved with Jekyll these days? Uh, these days, I'm not really uh, involved directly with it. Um, the project itself. Um, I when when I first got hired at GitHub, um, Tom asked me if I'd be interested in working on a redesign of, of the site, of the, of the Jekyll site, and um, and the documentation, like as a side project to. Um, on the side for my for my GitHub stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and it sounded like fun. And uh, I, you know, hadn't done much work in open source before, so it was it was really interesting to me. So like I, um, I ended up sending like d- doing a redesign over a couple of pull requests, um, and worked over GitHub with uh, with Parker, the the current maintainer um, of Jekyll, to uh, you know we had to port the old. Documentation over from uh, from the GitHub wiki it was it was in previously to the new site and get that all set up um, and it was really great to be able to do that and do 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 that over GitHub and, and do that with the input of of, of people um, uh, in the open source community as well so that was that was really interesting for me um, so yeah I, I occasionally get pings on uh, on stuff every now and then um, when people are discussing it on on GitHub but. That's about the extent of my involvement. I'm not a not a core contributor or anything to, to the project. What would you say is the target audience for Jekyll? Uh, it's a good question. I think that uh, it definitely started off being targeted at people who, uh, I guess, would probably self-identify as um, as hackers, I guess. But uh, you know, these days the audience has become a lot bigger. Um, I think largely because of you know GitHub Pages being able to you know let people host sites for free. That you know that opened up. A, uh, a huge variety of use cases for, for Jekyll. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, for, for instance, we have, uh, I think, over 400,000 sites or something that we serve with GitHub Pages. 400,000. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know there's... I haven't, I haven't looked at the statistics lately, but I, I know there's, there's, I think, around 1,000 sites being added every day um, or something of that order. So I think the uptake has been pretty incredible um, in terms of people finding out about and, and, and getting, getting into using Jekyll on GitHub pages. Not all of those sites are going to be Jekyll sites, but um, it's still a significant number of people who've kind of um, gotten into it. And, and, you know, we've seen that. Uh, we've seen all kinds of use it, all kinds of people using using GitHub Pages. You know, whether it's people learning to code and then and the first thing they're doing is setting up a setting up a website, or whether it's people who um, have had a developer set up a Jekyll site for them so that they can use the web-based um, file editing functionality on GitHub to manage the content. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uh, open source projects that will use Jekyll as a documentation site for the for the project and. It, um, and that's that's a pretty obviously a pretty common use case. Um, so I think the audience is pretty large. It's definitely larger than I think Tom probably imagined it would be when he started it off. Four hundred thousand is a big number. Yeah, it's a lot of people, and you know what we've seen we've seen some really interesting um, not just not just individuals, but really a lot of really interesting organizations start to take up using GitHub Pages as well. We've had. You know, U.S. government departments setting up um, websites with it. We've seen uh, lawyers, the White House, um, all, all kinds of um, organizations that have that have started using GitHub Pages um, and and GitHub in general. Um, that uh, I think GitHub Pages and, and Jekyll has helped uh, open the door to people using using GitHub for something that they might otherwise have used. Uh, you know, a web hosting company or a, or a or a server somewhere mm -hmm. that they manage. Uh, what would you say are the best use cases for Jekyll? Uh, well, I guess it was designed with the blog use case in mind. Um, you know, that's what Tom originally kind of uh, wrote it with uh, thinking about. So it's obviously uh, always been something that it's focused on. Um, aside from blogs, though, I think it's... I think it's pretty good for prototyping, like for marketing sites, or whether you're just playing around with, uh, you know, UI and workflow structures for things. Um, if you need something really complex or custom, it's probably not the right tool. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty good for for a wide range of things. I guess the the biggest kind of um, reason you would not use Jekyll though is is because of its you know the fact that it's just for static static data. You know, if you need something that does dynamic data um, then that you know that's a limitation of Jekyll that means it's just not going to be suitable for a, a number of things yeah but if you don't need that it's it's really flexible you touched on a question that I prepared um, right. how would you recommend prototyping with Jekyll uh, prototyping with Jekyll I would say start with basic I mean the way I think about it when I'm if I'm gonna go and prototype something with Jekyll I don't think about it as Jekyll I just start with the HTML, and as soon as I I need something that is a feature of Jekyll, like say I'll just start with straight HTML and CSS, and then when I get to a, a portion of the page where I want to repeat something, I might use an include um, or a liquid loop, and you know I'll just add the things I need 
as I build out the different areas of the prototype. So I'm not even really thinking about it as, oh, I'm going to use Jekyll for this. I often will just start with a HTML file and a CSS file. And I may not even need Jekyll. You know, sometimes I, I just use a HTML file and a CSS file and I fire up the Jekyll server just so I can serve the HTML. Um, and I don't actually use any of the features of Jekyll. Sometimes it's just handy to do that. I actually have a, a you know, a, um, an alias set up in my, in my uh, uh, shell prompt with for the letter J to just fire up Jekyll server in the current directory so that it's really handy to be able to go into any any folder that just has a static site on it hit the, hit the J key and instantly have uh, you know a server a HTTP server running um, which I can then add things add Jekyll um, functionality to the site if I want to using that yeah so that's really handy can you name specifically the advantages that a static site generator like Jekyll has over database-backed apps? Um, I mean, I guess it depends what you're what you're trying to build. Um, because you know, for, for for some things that you want to build, you're absolutely going to want a database. I think the the situation where you would really want a static site generator, though, where it comes in handy, is is where it's it's useful to you to be able to store the content with the code. You know, with a static site generator, this, the, the content is part of the code that powers the site. So it's all versioned and it's all backed up in, in one bundle, um, which is really handy for some for some things. Like for a blog, when, you know, you not need, you know, the, the, the database that, that powers a blog is kind of, um, you know, in a traditional CMS, it's not really giving you anything over a static site. Um, for, for simple blogs but um, so like uh, I guess another advantage of, of having the content be part of the code and having it all be be static is that um, it's it's a lot harder for your site to get hacked you know if you if you're running a, um, a CMS uh, or you're you're running like a, a, a project that is powered by an app framework then you have to make sure that the code you write for that is, is completely secure you have to vet all of the plugins that you install if it's a CMS because a vulnerability in either the framework itself or any of the plugins that you use with it, um, you know, a small vulnerability in, in one of those things can mean that your entire site and all of your content could be, you know, could be at risk. Whereas with a, with a static site, um, because you have the option of, uh, you know, depending on how you deploy it, you have the option of doing all of the compilation of content before you even goes up to it to a server to be you know, put on the internet, it means that the security of a site built with Jekyll is dependent on um, only the security of the actual you know hosting server itself. So um, it, you know it's, it's probably a lot more secure you know, in that respect, um, as well as security. I think. It, there's another huge benefit that comes from um, the content being pre-compiled, and that is speed. You know, uh, as soon as you start running dynamic data on a server for each request or doing database queries, um, anytime someone loads a page, that is extra time between when someone's hit enter on the, the in the URL and um, isn't getting the site loading back yet. So, whereas a static site, it's already there as soon as the server, you know, gets a URL, it can start sending the HTML uh, back to the to the browser, and it can really speed up um, a site. So if you've got a site that where speed is important and the, and the content isn't changing much, then a static site is absolutely going to be um, much faster than a than a you know a, a database backed 
um, backsite. Mm-hmm. I guess scaling also makes a big difference if you want to scale a static site. So yeah, exactly. The content's not changing, so it's really easy to, to make that, uh, you know, host it on a CDN, um, or, you know, you can do all sorts of things that, that can really make it performant. And in general, what would you say are the most notable advantages that Jekyll provides? I think what I said before about it just being simple uh, is probably the biggest advantage. I mean, the thing I like about Jekyll is that it's, it can be as simple or it can be really tricky and complex if you want it to be. And you can do some really interesting things once you start mixing all the concepts together. But to start with, like the learning curve is, is pretty forgiving. You know, if you learn just one or two things, you can actually start doing a whole lot of different uh, quite quite impressive things with, with, with it. You don't have to learn how to use everything that Jekyll can do before you get started. Um, I, you know, I, I, I also think that being able to deploy it um, for free with GitHub Pages is one thing that makes a Jekyll site a, you know, a good choice for a project. Um, I mean, sure, you can deploy to GitHub Pages with, um, with free other sites that are that come out of other st- static site generators, but you know, if you do that, sometimes you have to mess around with uh, with interesting Git Git uh, setups to to get the the output folder pushed up to the right branch, and then that can get kind of tricky. So, you know, being able to just push uh, a Jekyll site to GitHub and have it be built and compiled uh, on the GitHub servers is is really handy. Um, I think. The, uh, I think the other thing that, that Jekyll has going for it is that it's got a, a fairly vibrant community behind it. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who uh, you know built plugins or themes or frameworks on it. Um, or you know, if you've got a question that's that you, you can't find an answer to in the documentation, then you know there's a really good chance you'll find something on Stack Overflow or in a GitHub issue somewhere. Um, and you know, and that's it's it's one of the um, I think one of the oldest static site generators that have, that, that have been around. So it's it's had you know a, a fairly good uh, track record of of being maintained and um, being used. And, and and like I say, it's it's used in production um, at GitHub. So you know it's got it's got that backing as well, which is good. Mm-hmm.